Hey, this is Annie for Silicon Valley Beat, your home for tech and business news on Anchor. Another cyber attack has struck, this time affecting more than 2,000 computers and millions of people across the world as of late Tuesday. Here's how it went down. The virus was sent through phishing emails, and for those who bit the bait, the virus encrypted their hard drives, overwrote files, and then a message asking for $300 in Bitcoin to restore access appeared. This ransomware attack hit companies across Europe, Russia, and the U.S., including banks, hospitals, government agencies, and a law firm, among many others. So far, more than 30 victims have paid the ransom, according to a public Bitcoin ledger. Now, the virus took advantage of an NSA exploit of Windows machines that was leaked back in April. Basically, the attackers pulled code developed by the NSA and used it to spread this ransomware virus. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's pretty much exactly what happened with the big WannaCry attack that infected thousands of computers back in May. Microsoft has patched these known exploits that make the attacks possible, but the viruses take advantage of computers running software that isn't up to date. So the impact is expected to be somewhat smaller this time as compared to the WannaCry attack, but it's still very dangerous to individuals and businesses. So how bad is the ransomware issue, and what can the rest of us do to avoid it? I caught up with FBI Special Agent M.K. Palmore of the SF Cyber Branch a few weeks ago, and this was his advice. Note that I ran a portion of this previously on the station, but I do think it's worth revisiting now. What is the top threat um, that people maybe aren't thinking about enough? Uh, well, ransomware probably tops the list right now. Um, the FBI has gone about, along with our partners in the Secret Service and DHS, trying to do uh, quite a bit of an awareness campaign as it relates to ransomware. And there's some pretty basic protections that the individual consumer can put in place to protect themselves against these kinds of attacks. Very simply, have a system of backups for your personal computers. In fact, I personally would recommend having a backup to the backups, meaning use more than one backup method. Maybe use a cloud method and use a uh, on-premises method right there at your computer. Uh, additionally, uh, you should be able to reinstall the operating system uh, from a dead start on your computer, which means it may require some work on the individual consumer's part, uh, but they should uh, go through the steps to make sure that they can recover their operating system. And then lastly, don't pay the ransom. Uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to get your information back, and then secondarily, you're going to make yourself an obvious target for future attacks. Yeah, and what is the first thing that somebody should do should they get one of these notifications? Uh, well, if they follow <laughs> the first two steps that I uh, mentioned to you, they should ignore it. They should uh, reinstall uh, from a backed-up copy or do a dead reinstall from uh, an operating system that they have on either a disk, USB drive that they've put aside just for those particular instances. Reinstall from their uh, backups, and you, at that point, uh, make sure that your virus and malware solutions are up-to-date so that you have the, the most up-to-date virus signatures and malware signatures that would likely protect you from those kinds of attacks. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can you can't talk probably in too much specificity about, you know, th some things about the attack, but um, I know that the other gentleman on stage was talking about how um, there were some unsophisticated components to it, and I was wondering if you could just talk a bit about um, what that would imply about maybe who was behind it. Well, I talk a lot about return on investment by cyber threat uh, attackers. They are experts at it. 
So if you are operating um, a old operating system, a legacy operating system, uh, an operating system that is no longer supported by the entity that makes it, you leave yourself open to a, uh, an attack because there are inherent vulnerabilities as those systems are exposed more and more to the network uh, environment. So uh, that particular reference that uh, my counterpart made was the fact that WannaCry attacked uh, Windows XP and I think Windows 7 operating systems, which um, uh, unless there are specific contracts between Microsoft and individual companies, Microsoft doesn't widely support those. Although, uh, as I understand it, there was a patch to this particular vulnerability that had been pushed out, uh, but if you've paid attention to the security industry, you know that not every company diligently patches uh, as aggressively as they probably should. Uh, and oftentimes, if there's a gap in between a patch being available and you instituting it, that's just that sweet spot that the attack was looking for. Yeah, I like just uh, responding to that Snapchat feature. My 14-year-old son actually told me about that in the car uh, the other day, and he wasn't very impressed with that. He he really didn't like it. Neither did his friends. Um, they found it intrusive and um, frankly, a sort of step too far for Snapchat, uh, an app that they really love using. So that's just some response for you. Um, even the 14-year-olds, they're not happy about it. They're, they're pretty tech-savvy. They know all about it. They know how to do it, um, and they'll be switching it off. I think they might have pushed it a bit too far with this one. Thanks a lot. Cheers. While we're on the topic of security and privacy, I wanted to share a perspective on something somewhat controversial that Snapchat has been doing. The other day, we talked about a new feature called SnapMap, which is a location sharing feature that you can opt into to share your location with friends or select friends on the app. Now, the feature got some criticism because it's not entirely clear in the demo or the promotional content that your location is updated anytime you open the app, not just when you post something. In addition, the mapping is detailed enough that's, that it's possible to discern where people live if you really want to. And that has obviously raised some red flags in particular because so many minors use Snapchat. Plus, it's just a little bit misleading the way that they um, introduce it in the app. As our listener Sam Farmer pointed out, though, some kids using Snapchat maybe not entirely as naive as people assume, at least when it comes to how technology works. Thanks, Sam, for calling in. Appreciate it.